to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at dmelt 57 And before I bring in all of my usual line mates who have assembled with us this evening, we have to start with a brief correction from last week's episode. Bob Barker is not dead, so we apologize to uh, anybody in Bob Barker's family or friends that was listening to the show or just big fans. Uh, We didn't mean to accidentally kill him. He's 98 years old, alive and well, and we hope he lives to 198. So uh, again, apologies to all of that. Bob Barker's not dead, uh, as uh, secondhand reported here at Second City Hockey. But uh, 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 awkwardly walking away from that mistake, let's bring in all of the uh, usual crew who's here this evening. Up first, they're the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Jehosa's Witness, no doubt reveling in a massive Detroit Lions victory on Sunday. It's Shepard Price. Spay and neuter your pets, folks. Uh, as, as the man yes. who's almost a hundred yes. years old once famously said, once uh, famously said five times a week at about ten fifty eight central every morning, yes, or whenever they recorded uh, it. But you know, so Detroit, uh, Detroit did what the Blackhawks are not not supposed to do this season, which is they won a game, but it's against the Packers, and just like uh, any game against the Detroit Red Wings or the St. Louis Blues that the Blackhawks win this season. That's forgivable. You have to make exceptions at some point. And it, honestly, right. like, not that I don't want to besmirch the Lions because I think they played well, but it was just kind of hilarious watching Aaron Rodgers just play like just trash. Three interceptions against arguably the worst defense in the league. And he had the the one where they, he was throwing to his left tackle. He was wide open by a mile. And Rodgers just underthrew it right to Aiden Hutchinson. Made no here's sense. The, here's, the, here's the other thing. Aaron Glenn, our defensive coordinator, has had not had a good season. Uh, he got the game ball deservedly yeah. because That's he right. just schooled Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, uh, Chicago Bears have the best quarterback in the NFC North. True or false? Probably true. There. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Also with us this evening, you can find on Twitter at Mill182. He is the second city hockey. What Austin gets is the turnover. It's Mill Savage. Is that their singer's name? Uh-huh. Austin gets. I, and- I only know him as the drummer of... Trapped Under Ice. Uh, I just learned that he's the drummer for Trapped Under Ice. Yeah, they were a side project like a long time ago. I had their EP, and then now they're huge and going on tour with Blink. So good for them. They're on. They're going on the Blink tour, huh? Good for them. Uh, so yeah, I think they're th- opening the whole um, North American portion. I think. So wait, because Casey Getz is the drummer for Turnover. So is that? Oh, I thought you meant Turnstile. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't Turnover, like Turnstile. Turnover's first EP is good, and their first album's good, and then they got really boring and trendy, and everybody likes them, and they play a lot of chorus. I feel like Turnover's like uh, kind of reminds me of like old school Jimmy at World. Like it's like this is what emo music's supposed to be, not just dudes whining about the girl that they couldn't get in middle school. Yeah, but <laughs> like the that's music actual is, emo music. But the Jimmy at World's music is fun. Yeah, it's like dynamic. That too. Yeah. Sorry. That's our well. That's our music corner is better than our also, Taylor Swift conversations just, from the last three weeks. I just weeks. wanted to mention because normally we last two weeks we've had the Hawks game on while we recorded. So since they're not playing right now, I have a game from 1997 on where they're playing the Dallas Stars. Are they wearing the home whites though? Uh, yeah, it's from January 7th of 97, and uh, Dallas is like the black with the. Uh, it's like not the not the big star one, like the older one. Okay, I think I know. So, I think I can visualize which ones you're talking about. Please, yeah, please like keep Madonna. us updated on on what happens as the game goes on. Yeah, uh, so they're doing the anthem right now. I'll let you guys know. Okay. Also with us this evening, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. Well, you guys were just talking about music. One, I have tickets to Blink um, through work, so that was very exciting. It's not till like July of next year, but. They already have because they sell the 
the box it the box seats to employees or give them out depending on if you can get into their raffle they do that like when public sale goes on and then two jimmy world was the opener for green day on my second concert ever what year would that have been i don't even know i'm trying to think uh, 2001 I bought a t-shirt there that was like the green, it was like a green cloverleaf green day shirt. Um, it had, it had like sports stripes on the, the things. I thought it was very cool. Um, right. My I, sister I, was there because <laughs> I was too young to go by myself. <laughs> so, but getting back to your, the Blink-182 tickets, um, is your company hiring anywhere in Chicago or do you have connections in Chicago? Can you get Mill and I tickets to go see Dave, that show in Chicago? Because I don't have $500 to pay for Dave, that show. If you want to go, just tell me. I'm going to go to four of them. I'll have tickets. Okay. All right. I'll have my people get in touch with your people, but sound like... I know you should come down to Atlanta. They're only like three hundred dollars down here. Oh, I mean, I'm, well, well, there we, we have go. Two, we have back to back Chicago, May sixth, seventh. I'm just gonna go to Pittsburgh, and then I was trying to go to like either California or Arizona for one, just to you know why not. There you go. All right. So well, uh, let me well, know good. if you want to go. That's good. I'll, like I said, we'll uh, we'll we'll be in touch. I, I'll, well, I'll, I mean, they might have extras in Atlanta because my <laughs> or even New York because apparently there weren't that many people that asked about it, and I was like. Okay, so I get them for free. They were like, "Yeah, we're not going to do a raffle." So here you go. I've also gotten like Fallout Boy tickets that way, and right, a couple of others. Right, well, was well, like, we're we're panic. <laughs> all right, so, so who, my, my last panic at the disco tickets. Look, sounds I'm like, only going for like the phallic jokes. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like we're going to Atlanta, Mill. I don't and, and Shay. I mean, hey, everyone liked Blink at some point, right? Hey, yeah, of course. They're fun. Live. I mean, no one likes you when you're 23, but besides <laughs> that. <laughs> There, well, well, way to work it in. Appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of things that nobody likes, the 2022-2023 uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, it's it's been a rough week, folks. Um, like we were we were gathered on Tuesday night when they lost to the Islanders three to one. The biggest thing that happened in that game was Casey Zizekas murdering Alex Stalock, which I think happened while we were on the air. Uh, and Stalock remains in concussion protocol. Uh, a week later, uh, then on Thursday, the Hawks beat the Kings uh, two to one with a Jonathan Taves winner in overtime. And then and that was just, I think I said Thursday. It was Thursday for sure. And then Saturday they played maybe the most boring game, a non consequential game I've seen in at least three or four years uh, and lost to the Jets four to nothing. I have so little to say about anything that happened in these games. Cause really the most interesting thing that happened was last Tuesday when Staylock got trucked by Casey Zizekas. And we were talking about that as it happened. So I don't know what else to even mention or discuss or what have you related to all these games. So I'm just going to swing it over to Shay as I usually do. And we're going to see where the evening takes us. So Shay, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, hockey related, of course. We already talked about the Lions. Yes. Uh, and we don't want to talk about the fact that I have the Taylor Swift clock. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> so the Blackhawks, uh, they're not doing okay. So I know I'm the person. I'm 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 the major. Blackhawks need to lose the season because there's three excellent players at the top of the draft that you want one of those three, especially if you're actually rebuilding. Um, and I know I'm 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 the major profit of that. Uh, Modus operandi. Oh, you're, you're a prophet now, are you? Yes, I am the prophet of that modus operandi. I, um, but here's the thing. You want entertaining losses, and none of the Blackhawks losses recently have been entertaining, and that's unfortunate, because that's not the kind of, kind of hockey you want to watch. Uh, so the Blackhawks want to avoid being unwatchable. They well, want to have fun games. Like the Lions, again, let's go back to the Lions. They are were the best offense and the worst defense for a while there, and that's fun. You're just watching constant scoring. That's yeah. fun. That's what you want to watch the Blackhawks. You want to watch 5-4 games. You don't want to watch 2-1. You don't want to watch 3-0. You want to watch 5-4 games, and they're not playing enough 5-4 games. There was a college football game on Saturday. I think it was Houston and SMU. The final score was 77-63. to 63. That's the kind that's of stuff what we're, you want. That's what you're hoping for if uh, your team's definitely not out to win, but uh, I, the the downside of all that, Shay, and I, I imagine it's something we're all keenly aware of, is uh, I think what happened those two games this last week that were very boring, I think that's closer to what we're going to 
expect and deal with for the rest of the season. Cause I think that's just the way this is going to go. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you might be right. I don't think this is a very talented roster. So yeah, I think the unfortunate thing is you're correct about that. Yeah. Uh, Betsy, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to saying, yeah, because if you look at their like stats, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. they're actually worse than last year. <laughs> At this yeah. point, even at this point, and they were on like a. And last year they started oh nine and two. Yeah, exactly. So we're we're only at game twelve, and you really like by twenty is when you start to really see trends. But there's nothing. There were there were a couple of there were three games in a row where it was really po- uh, positive that they were limiting quality against, um, and then they were pretty good at it in a couple and like three or four more games. And then all of a sudden that just stopped happening and was especially porous the last few games. And when you're both, when you can't suppress quantity and you can't suppress quality without taking 8 billion block shots and you're Mm -hmm. still letting a bunch through mind you, that's going to be bad. Um, And that's what's been happening. And that's what I've been uh, like, I've been as I've been looking at, like all the possession numbers that keep trending south and getting worse and worse and worse and like trying to figure out the cause of all of that. And it just seems like they they're just not getting the puck out. Either they're not getting the puck out of the zone or they're turning it over and then getting buried at like 30, 45 second gluts of time uh, or 30 and 45 second periods of time each time. So they're just consistently getting buried in their own zone because they're not, because they're fucking up with the puck essentially. So that happened against Winnipeg, but like the two games before that, it felt like they would, they would get the puck out, but they would go down and just have like maybe one shot and the other team would immediately turn it back around and then be in the zone for a while. Um, So like they just wasted their opportunity, mostly because they don't have a lot of guys that have finish. There's a lot of, effort but there's not a lot of finish and there are mm-hmm. a bunch of like Marcus Kruger's Marcus Kruger was great at getting out of the defensive zone with his line getting it down there and getting a shot on goal usually mostly to stop play so that Patrick Kane could come on but <laughs> that's not happening this time this time they're shooting wide or they're it's you know somebody missing or trying to dangle and it only works one out of like 10 times um if that so and I think they've wasted all of those already. I think they <laughs> they got those all out of their system. Well, and like the games, the games that they won early in the season, like it was all like weird fluky stuff that was happening, you know, like Lafferty scoring those two shorthanded goals. They had a, the power plays actually been really good this season. Uh, it was up at like 35%, I think at one point. So it's been, they're, they're like all these little fluky things were happening and they were winning those games. Now those fluky things have stopped happening and you're getting more of a, a better, more accurate picture of what this team actually is. And it's a pretty ghastly looking picture. Do you want to (laughs) know? So for most of last year, um, the expected goals at five on five sat at like two to 2.3. It's at 1.98 right now. That's how much they're generating. Yeah. Per 60 um, at five on five. And some of that's incredibly low. Yeah, that's really low. And some of that's skewed because they have played a lot of special teams time, but they're not so far outside the minutes of other teams that it would be like horrifically off or skewed. It'll be better when they have more time, but that is an, that's the second lowest. Only the, the coyotes generate less chances. (laughs) And of course, expected goals is quantity and quality together. Um, And it's, it's, Yes. Right. And, and, and Go ahead, Jay. That, that phrase that Betsy just said is something you, that you never want to hear. Uh, only the coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, but and I'm going to swing this around to Mill after I ask you to this follow up is, isn't that just a sign of where this, well, where this roster is right now? Maybe. Just and tells you how, it just tells you how bad the team is. I mean, on, on the Blackhawks. If the Blackhawks come in second last only to the Coyotes, that's that's a nice use of that phrase. <laughs> I mean, I it's yes, in a way, it's just that a lot of the players on the team should at least be like they're all in close 
grunt players, you know, they're all the like, I'm trying to get a dirty goal type of player, like 90% of the roster. So you would think that they would be getting slightly better high danger chances, just even on their, their off, like just in general, they're just not. Um, And for a team that we, that everybody's like, oh, they're scrappy and they're high effort. Teams aren't high effort if you can't get to the net. (laughs) I mean, so like, yeah, I mean, you would hope the whole point of this season, I think we were hoping is that we would see under Richardson that you would see improvements of these types of metrics, even if the roster itself isn't a high enough quality to cash in on them or keep them off, whatever. And it's been slipping. And so that's not positive to me. Uh, Mill, I, I don't know if you had any follow-ups to that or anything else you've noticed in the last week or in the season as a whole, but uh, wherever you wanted to go while we were interrupting your uh, nostalgia trip, uh, please go ahead. Okay, so first I misspoke. This is from 96. Uh, I didn't notice, but oh, Corey well. Nichols is on the ice, so it's definitely 96. Okay. Um, Keith Carney opened up the scoring from the point, so Hawks are up 1-0. All right. Um, it's about five minutes into the game. Dallas kind of looks like shit. Um which is funny because this Dallas team was actually pretty good. Uh, also, I'm really annoyed because I forgot that they didn't used to keep the scoreboard or the clock up during games. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. Have a you're watching a very for. old game then. So we we have a lot to be grateful for in 2022. Um, no, I mean the Hawks are kind of like I get that they're going to be boring, win or lose, because they're trying to play responsible defense. Um, I mean Soderblom. Soder Bloom, Soder Bomb. I don't know. He had a pretty good game against Bomb. the Kings. It's Bomb. There's only I mean, they go, look, I've heard it both ways. But, uh, <laughs> well, that, uh, you've heard, you've heard it incorrectly one way, I think. Well, I'm, I'm not debating that. But, uh, <laughs> he, he played very well against the Kings, and that kind of, I think, is what gave them the win, really. Mm-hmm. But because they, the, I mean, the Kings are pretty Yaha themselves, but, it's like, look, they're going to, unfortunately, like, like Chase said, you want to have them lose, but be fun. And they're not doing that. And I don't think they're going to, I think that Luke Richardson takes his job seriously so far and it's still early, but they look like a team that wants to play responsibly, even with the talent that they don't have. So this is going to be a kind of a long season. Well, and I think the other thing related to what you said, Mills, like not like so they like the roster was already not very good, and then they lost Seth Jones, and then they lost Tyler Johnson, um, and like yes, they've lost goalies too, but we're focused more on the the skater portion of the roster. Um, mm. So it's like I just wonder if that has also had some effect of why they've been slipping statistically lately. That and and why they kind of looked even worse than they had at the start of the season because you lost. Well, you know, I know the debate about whether Seth Jones is is or is not a number one defenseman is there, but he is the Blackhawks' number one defenseman for you know for lack of a better option. And Tyler Johnson was skating in the top six, so those are two pretty big pieces well, that they lost, and it's inevitable that you're going to have some fall off when you lose two players like that. I mean, it's like any team in any sport; like they're they're two of the more talented players on the roster, despite what anybody may make them out to be. Um, the Hawks are not a very talented group and that's why I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm impressed, but I'm kind of, even if it's boring, I'm kind of relieved because the, the coaching was so poor the last few years. It's like, Hey, this guy has them. And at least like, it's, it's not an eyesore when when they're in their own zone, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. They're, they're trying to block passing lanes They're They know where they're supposed to be. They're not behind the net. That's yeah, it just I it mean. just seems like it's more, and I think this is what we've talked about a few times. It, it's more of like operator error than systemic error. Uh, yeah. Players are just fucking yeah. up. So, and that's a nice change of change of pace <laughs> from what was operate uh, uh, system systematic error before. Yeah. yeah, and I'll point out, like, so we just we uh, Dave, you posted the whole, you know, who are the best have been the best shut down pairings oh yeah yeah that was uh going around on twitter the money and jack johnson and seth jones are in the top like five like and that's impressive and you guys i think you said that's surprising and i remember saying i actually don't think it's that surprising because they had weird chemistry like i don't (laughs) they just seth jones didn't click with a lot of people last year and he pretty much instantly clicked with jack johnson and i think a lot of that had to do with um 
uh, Richardson's system working for both of them for one, which is props to the coach, but um, Jack Johnson was playing better than maybe he's ever played. And that in- maybe includes last year with Colorado. Like I don't, and it's not yeah. like it was great, but it was well, stylistically good. Jones fits in with Colorado and it kind of makes sense that he would know how to play with him too. Yeah, ex- exactly. Know? So, I mean, he played his role well. And um, the other part of course, was that Seth Jones and Jack Johnson haven't been together during this poor slide for the Blackhawks. So that, sample of them in that chart is slightly skewed but um the lack the loss of that top pairing not just seth jones but a consistently good top pairing probably hurts the blackhawks a lot more than you would expect when they sign Jack so seth, so seth jones injury is uh is entirely to blame for this slide so so seth jones is going to come back and they're going to still be a like hanging out around like 20th in the league standings and ruining the draft lottery situation. The, by I, the way, I, I just want to clarify the the chart that you were referencing, Betsy was, uh, and just for for all the people who can't see this chart because this is not an, a visual medium, uh, it was the defensive pairings across the NHL with the lowest expected goals against rate, and number three in the NHL was Seth Jones and Jack Johnson, which was yeah. very surprising. The top two were uh, number one was. I almost said Jonathan Taves, uh, Devon Taves and Kale McCarr in Colorado. And number Which two, makes a lot of Brady sense. Shea and uh, Pesci in uh, Carolina. So yeah. there you go. And that was by money puck. If anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it was, lots, Shea, lots I, of I think it was retweeted from the second city hockey account. If anyone wanted to check that out, but yeah, it's uh it's there. It's, it was just an interesting development. Like I, uh, I, I would also be interested to see how much that, pairing is like starting in the offensive zone, which probably helps skew those numbers a bit as well. Cause those are two more offensive oriented players than um, say like Jared Tenorti or Jake McCabe or Connor Murphy. So well, those are weirdly, I know for a fact that Tenorti and Murphy were, were starting in the offensive zone more than they were the defensive zone when that other pairing was on there, because I commented on it going, that's weird. Several okay. times, like in one of the recaps, I was like, why is that happening? I just assumed it was because Tenorti needed to be sheltered, but then Richardson kept giving him minutes, and I was like, "No, that's the the Jared Tenorti thing." Like, I, it's it's weird. Like he they picked him up on waivers, so he clearly was not in high demand, and he's skating like twenty minutes a game now. Like, obviously, that's partially due to Seth Jones being hurt. I think, and somebody has to take up those minutes. But um, it's just a little strange that he's playing so much. And like, it's almost, it's almost like a little concern. Like, it, like this season, I, I try not to get too worked up about anything that's going to happen this season because it's just a throwaway season. But like, it, it, it almost feels like they're going to try and bring him back like in the next year or two, just uh. to keep him more. But that's exactly Shay. That was the exact noise uh, that uh. I was thinking. Well, well, thank you. What happened when Ian Mitchell is healthy? Well, yeah. Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. Uh. I hope. Sweet summer, Betsy. You haven't given up on Ian Mitchell yet? Not after last season when he was ridiculously good in the AHL. He might just be an AHL player, but Tenorti isn't an NHL player and he's playing. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian Mitchell had, uh, I I am, this is going to be my last, um, the last time I pound the table for Ian Mitchell is being a future piece, but uh, he's going to have to do more than just be on the roster this season. Like I think he, yeah. he needs to take some steps forward at the NHL level. Uh, Cause he's going to be all out of excuses. Cause there's 35 blue line well, prospects behind him. Now maybe he'll get sent to another team and take off like, Oh, Kirby doc or, Oh, Dominic Kubelik. Oh, or Dylan Strom. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that Betsy, because I, I wrote about this at the site today and it's just, it's a very interesting observation. I think like, I, I like with with Doc DeBrinket and Hagel, like those three players were traded away. Pieces came back in return. If those pieces that came back turn into something very good, I I don't care. Like that happens. That's just the nature of uh, professional sports, not just hockey. It's the the Kubalik and the Strowmans are so weird to me because like I understand like it just seemed like nobody wanted them at the trade deadline last year. So the Hawks didn't trade them. And then they didn't bring them back in free agency because 
they were just good enough to maybe make to make the Hawks just good enough to not be the worst team in the NHL, even though they're like uh, even already up higher than that. So I understand why the Hawks didn't bring them back in free agency, but like they go to these teams and they are playing very well in top six minutes. Kuba leaks. I think the leading goal scorer and point producer in Detroit right now, Strom's playing second line minutes and doing pretty well for a second line center. I just don't understand how nobody wanted them at the deadline last year. That just, it still befuddles me that nobody wanted them. It's because I think it's best. Betsy said last week, uh, <laughs> why trade some, why trade assets for them when you can get them for free, uh, the following year. But if you, yeah, without, but you, because you, because you don't want to give assets up for, there were, where there's a lot of more proven players. It's the same way, um, uh, Deneau was treated for trash. Okay. Yeah. You, you had a good young player who, like, ignoring his future, he was going to be at least a solid third line player. Okay. He, or at worst, a Kruger replacement. Like that was, that was, he was somewhere between Boland and Kruger, um, is what they wanted for him. And he obviously did way better than that. But they traded him for trash, but known trash. Okay. <laughs> Kubalik and Strom were not proven enough for anybody to be like, I want to trade for that. You know, like that could be, that might not be trash. It could be recyclable. Um, <laughs> So, and that's what happened. Uh, right. They got uh, recycled by better teams and, and better organizations, and they turned into better players. I, I but, think just – go ahead, Betsy. I was just going to say, it's, it's the whole thing that the, the, the Blackhawks have been selling low on all of their – like low on a lot of players, not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, they sold low on uh, Schmaltz to get um, – Dylan Strom and like the minute they and Perlini, the minute they hit like a bottom, he was in a, a slump and they traded him. Yeah. And like that's what happened. And then they get these two, you know, they got Strom and they got Kubalik and they let them walk on their lowest point. Like yeah. it was always it's always frustrating when that happens. I don't think that's Davidson's fault. No. To be clear, I think it was Stan Bowman's fault for ever being Jeremy Colleton in at least partially because I think he as a coach and then a little bit with King kind of ruined <laughs> any <laughs> momentum. Some of those horcruxes to get that guy fired. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't, I think uh, Kirby, like the, the biggest mistake with Kirby doc was bringing him in too soon. He should have never started that first season, mm. especially under such a terrible coach. Yeah. Right. Like, and that, I think that's the same. That's the same case for Boquist too. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if Boquist is like he's fine in his role, but Kirby Doc is can can probably go up. He's playing wing mostly right now, um, yeah. which is with fine. Suzuki and Caulfield, which is a, yeah. a good line. But like he he got to run with Kane and Debrinket in Chicago at times. So I I just, he was a child. Yeah, and no, and and like I I I just I I would have like I feel like this the city of Montreal is already rolling out the red carpet for Doc and like just. Just give that some time. We'll, we'll see. like it's like he's doing now like that nine game stretch in the bubble when he was awesome. So I mean, if he, if he turns into a good player, cool, good for him. Uh, it'll be a double agent situation. He'll ruin Montreal's draft status. But uh, I just I'm oh I, don't I I'm I'm still unconvinced that he's that good. But we'll see. Oh, so, I don't think he's as good as he's been. But I think he's better. I think he's somewhere like way a hot bet where he was last year and somewhere below the, like almost a point per game he is now. Go ahead, Mill. Uh quick update. There are three referees and at least two of them are not wearing <laughs> helmets. And uh, Bob Probert just took a shift on a panel or on a power play followed by a graphic of him being featured as number four on a list of players with the most points that have at least 100 penalty minutes. Ah, 90 so, uh, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I'm we, sorry. We've come a long way, folks. Um, you know, the thing about Doc, though, is I kind of joked for a long time about, oh, when the Hawks finally give up on him, he's going to get really good. And I really think that Doc might have been a better player. Oh, we scored. Was that Probert? <laughs> Holy, oh, no, Pelios followed up. Oh, he was a Greek god back in the day. God damn it. Um, so... <laughs> I had to put all the there's a guy in a wolf jersey saying crush with a crush Dallas uh, poster board sign in the crowd. So I, I think Doc got hindered by a sh- not just a shitty coach, but the wrist injury and the, the co- like care. coming into like the COVID season is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was it was a whole bunch of bad circumstances that like he definitely wasn't sure. good. 
Like no. I'm not like defending him as a hawk. I'm just mean like he also dealt with a bunch of shit. Yeah, it it was it was a just there were there were a lot of circumstances that led to that whole situation going the way. God it damn, did. Dennis Savard is on this team. This is his last year, I think. It's pretty close. If it's not, it's close. It is. Me. No, it has to be because I have like uh, if it's no, oh, it might have been the next year because I have a, a Savard jersey from his last year. Um, yeah, going going back to Betsy's point though, I think yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry. Doc is not great. Was not he was not great here. I think he's like a sixty point player at a ceiling. Oh, um, you're you're more optimistic than me. I guess it depends on if he lives up to his underlying. Like his micro stats were always still very good. You know, like I the the combination of him one especially last season he he's not physical. He's been physical in Montreal, but we've all seen that before. Um, and he doesn't score goals. He's a playmaker first and foremost. But that's not that shouldn't be an issue. Everybody watched Patrick Kane in this league. <laughs> um, and then you know, two, he can't win faceoffs. Like so, yeah, well, like, that's, that's, and and not and not not like a like a statistical like inside the margins of error. This is like you know sub forty. Um, so maybe being a center is not necessarily going to be in his future, but. I mean, it is what it is. I hope he does well because I thought he was a nice kid. Um, I hope Nazar does better. <laughs> <He's> nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope Nazar comes into the um, league and just blows it up, and yeah. we forget that Kirby Doc ever existed. It's, that's exactly where I was going. Is I hope Ma- uh, Nazar makes us forget that Nazar. the whole entire. Kirby I mean, I forgot whatever. about that he existed until you guys brought it up. Well, and I, I, I and I, I forgot. I, I just forgot. You must not follow, follow like Laz or Tracy because they do that whole. You remember him? That's thing. that's that's Tracy Meyer stick entirely yeah. that we steal all the time. Uh, I kind of just don't read through Twitter anymore, to be honest with you. Ah, uh, well, in, in a week you may not be able to. We'll see. Unless it's, it's only uh, <laughs> if it's not Simpsons related, I don't care. Yeah, the Exodus back to Tumblr. Right? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for my space. That just fangirls. <laughs> yeah. See you all on Mastodon. <laughs> Look, every time people talk about Mastodon, I'm like, that's a band. What the hell are you guys all talking about? A bad name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like that's what I feel like. Like I don't know if Mastodon is it, but if if uh, to, makes com- me think of Power Rangers. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Oh, just I feel like something will show up in the uh, if 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 that whole thing self implodes. Uh, feel like something will show up and fill the void. But oh, for sure, that's what happened with Twitter. That's how Twitter. I, well, yeah, and I like I was wrote about this today. Like I know there's there's a lot of awful parts of Twitter, um, and I I cannot defend any of those at all because they are terrible. And there's a lot of things they're doing that are probably a detriment to society overall. But uh, mm-hmm. there are things that I associate with the good times of being a Blackhawks fan, and one of them is Twitter because I think Twitter really started to take off in the first half of the 2010s before it got as toxic as it is now and being like being on Twitter during Hawks games in the first half of the 2010s was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. it. I think it added to the overall experience and I will forever associate Twitter with that time. Maybe that's just me though. That's nice. All I can think is like Brad Pitt from Inglorious badges. I ain't that nice right before they, Carbon Nazis over the guy's head. <laughs> well, well. To, to be fair, Dave, that went hand in hand with the increase in ticket prices. So, like a lot of us who were always up in the three hundreds, kind of just became Twitter friends. Yeah, pretty, like it was. Uh, it just it was like an online sports forum for a while. So, and now it's is what it is now. Uh, but hey, uh, we got a few other things to discuss. Uh, we're just gonna take a quick time out here and regather ourselves and uh, talk about some more stuff on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, right before we get into our other discussion for the second half of the show here, uh, Mill, we want to go check in on your nostalgia trip and see how things are going back in 1996 Blackhawks land. Uh, yeah, Hawks are up 3 nothing at the intermission. We're looking pretty good. Um, power play was like, you know, about 50%. We chased the goalie. So I think we're doing okay. All right. Sounds good. Who scored the goals? Uh, I have to check on that third one, but it was uh, Keith Carney and, and Chris Chelios. 
excellent deep pairing from NHL All-Star Hockey 95. It was either yeah, Chelios very... and Carney or Chelios and Suter. I don't remember, but it was I remember Chelios and Carney were two very good defensemen on that team. Yeah, so we're looking good. I'll I'll uh, let everybody know how we're doing in a little bit. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, so the other thing we wanted to uh, – I think what's going to become a theme of this podcast throughout the season is kind of shifting to a league-wide focus because a lot of other teams are going to be a lot more interesting than the Blackhawks this season. Uh, and if you were at secondcityhockey.com at all on Monday, we had a little article that was updating all the – what uh, we're calling the threats for the Blackhawks landing the number one overall pick. Uh, you can also call this the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Uh, you know what we're all uh, insinuating here. Uh, so I lose a look at the NHL standings to see where everybody else is. And we kind of wanted to run through these real quick and see if uh, I was the one that put this article together and assigned threat levels for all the teams. So I want to see if the panel here agrees with the threat levels I assigned because um, the Hawks, as of this episode, so this is before all of Monday night's games wrap up. They're sitting uh, tied for 19th in the league with the Washington Capitals. Uh, so the teams underneath them in order are Washington, Calgary, Minnesota, Montreal, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, Ottawa, St. Louis, haha, St. Louis, and Columbus. Uh, so I, I, as I was putting this together, like, Roughly half of these teams were in the playoffs last year, including St. Louis. So even though they suck, uh, I feel like they're going to figure something out and and probably not be of a concern for the race to the bottom of the NHL standings. But some of these other teams on this list, they're still uh, a little a little uh, a little scary with how bad they are because they seem like they're worse than the Hawks. So, Shay, I'll swing this over to you. Is there any team in particular that you are keeping an eye on that uh, is going to be – especially bad this season and might be flirting with the bottom of the standings with the Hawks. Well, you know, it's gotta be Arizona. Well, yeah, I, I should, I should have exempted Arizona cause we're just assuming they're going to be there. Vancouver, I think is low key in trouble. Um, they just, yeah. they haven't been able to turn it around and Thatcher Demko, like they, he was, he was a set, he was astounding last year and they still didn't make the playoffs. So, and I think the big thing with Vancouver is there seems like there is a, like a uh, like a cloud over them, a little just a little bit of a funk. There's like fans throwing jerseys on the ice, and there's all just this just general sense of unease around the team that is. It seems like it's worse there than in other places right now. Like there were yeah. there was already talk about them trading away Pedersen and, and Brock Beezer and blowing the whole thing up, like three weeks into the season. <laughs> That's I not wouldn't turn away Pedersen because they they need to build around him. But there's a talk about trading. Besser forever. Well, but Pedersen's like 27. Isn't he a little bit older? I'm going to look this up while you're talking. He was taking the draft before Boquist, I believe. Yeah, Pedersen. Um, tw- okay, he'll be 24 this week. So, I don't know. Hey, Hawks traded to Brinkett. So, stranger yeah. things have happened. Um, I, like, besides them, I think uh, this is really bad the ducks, <laughs> the ducks See, yeah but i i thought that i thought the ducks were like like trevor zegers is gonna do some things and basically tavish will, will improve over the course of the season too yeah like i feel uh, like i feel like anaheim's not the ducks are i'm not scared of the ducks the, the ducks are bottom five possession bottom three or four quality chance share team in the league. They're only mildly better than the Blackhawks. I just like a less than 1% difference. I think for both of them. I think the thing with them though, is I think they have young talent like Zegris and Troy Terry's younger. He's only 25. And, and uh, Shay mentioned Mason McTavish, who's only 20 like that. And, uh, like because they have younger guys, like they could progress over the course of the season. And as they get better, the team will get better. So I could see that Dallas Eakins can take them. Like that's their coach. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's a very low bar. I mean, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm not saying doubt they're going to go to the cup, but to get out of the basement of the NHL standings is not the most steep climb in the NHL. So I, I, I think what what I was gonna say is I think they have potential to do that. Uh, a team like the San Jose Sharks, who's just a bunch of old dudes, and they are really bad to start the season. I I uh, I, I don't think they have much hope at all. Like 
Eric Carlson is like playing at a Norris trophy level almost right now. And that team is still 29th in the league. They're on pace for 53 points right now. And like, they don't have any like fun young talent on that team that I can think of. Aren't they like losing mostly because of um, goaltending though? Probably. Because they have like, James Reimer and Capo Kaka. I mean, that's what's happening with the Jackets, too. Like, the Jackets aren't good, but they're oh, yeah. also getting the worst goaltending at five on five. Columbus is another team. Like, I I thought they were going to be better with uh, Johnny Hockey and all that, but they are atrocious right now. They have six points. Okay, in one ref games. does have the helmet on, just so you guys know. Oh, thank you, man. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, um I mean, I mean, think of so, but looking at these standings, which teams do you think are going to bounce back? Because like Pittsburgh's down there. Oh, I like like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got they still got Crosby and Malkin. They'll be they'll figure it out. Like and I like they. Yeah. Yeah, like them and like some of the other teams that are down here, like uh, Nashville, the Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild. Um, I think they're gonna like the Ottawa Senators. I think are like getting bad puck luck right now. Uh, Alice to actually like, I know we were talking about him in the first half, having a ton of points. They're primarily assists. He's not scoring goals that much this year. He's only got two. So uh, he'll like, he's shooting 4%. His career mark is 15. He'll probably turn it around. And, and that team, I think will figure it out. That's another team that if you apply the principle of, they have young talent, that's going to improve over the course of the season. Uh, I think they'll be okay. But I, it's San Jose is the biggest one for me right now. And I guess Columbus now, because they, uh, their, their goalies are so bad. Like, I, I know we joked about maybe the Hawks having bad goalies this season. Their goalies are miles ahead of Columbus right now. Elvis Merzlikens is having a very bad time this season. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know if there's any other teams down here that I'm looking at right now worth, um, with a, a high a high level threat, uh, it's like I think right now it's I, I don't even have Arizona that low right now because they are they've won some games and Clayton Keller's playing really well. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes by about Christmas. We'll have to check in on that again. But um, I just wanted to correct uh, the Chelios goal actually got credited to Brent Sutter. <laughs> um, Chelios got the primary, and then Eric Daze had the third. Hey, goal, there we which, go. Yeah, our guy, that's my guy, um, SCH favorite. But uh, also, Guy fucking Carbono is on this Stars team. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I'm having a great time. Yeah, uh, Mill, who's your uh, who's your pick for the worst? The team that is competing with the Hawks for the worst in the NHL standings this year? Uh, uh, Vegas. <laughs> How no, dare you? How dare you? I just wanted to see if Shay was paying attention. Oh no, Chelios just got hurt. Fuck. <laughs> the trainer just came out. He's, no. He's, a reminder that this game is from 1996, people. Yeah, Kaylee Chelios <laughs> did not get hit. It's okay. I was like, Mill was four when this game originally. <laughs> Jesus. He got creamed, though. He would have got kicked out of the game for this shit. In, in this day and age. Holy shit. He took like an elbow to the face and then uh, went up on the boards and fell on his knee. Um, anyways, I think San Jose is like miserably bad. Like you said, like they're really bad. Like they might be legitimately the worst team in the league. Um, and I think a lot of that's because the Hawks coach kind of has them like trying. Whereas like San Jose looks like they don't give a shit. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. I mean, you, you, Eric Carlson might know call them. About. Eric right. Carlson might alone uh, having the season he's having might might get them enough points to like disqualify them. He's got the ten but, goals. Yeah, he's but, but like, but they like, just look like they don't like they're hanging the not interested sign as a team. Yeah, like Carlson's career high is twenty one. He's got ten in the first four. They let Sam goddamn Lafferty score two shorthanded <laughs> goals. Yeah. against them in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, and James Reimer actually isn't, isn't playing terribly for them, uh, but they just like, they just don't have um, a lot. Like their like top offensive threats are Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle 
and and Logan Couture. Okay. Like, those guys, but... they're fine hockey players, but they're not like top tier talent. So all right, Chelios just came out of the locker room, so we're okay. Although I don't think they actually checked for concussions back then. Oh yeah, I don't think they had a concussion protocol then. Although the trainers have the sickest starter jackets on. <laughs> Um, they probably go for a lot of money these days. Um, uh, San uh, Jose, what's go that? ahead, Mel. I would say San Jose. I think will outdo the Ducks in the, because they're in the own their own division. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ducks will probably boost their points just from playing like them and Vancouver, etc. And, and I think that could be one concern with Columbus because if I remember correctly, looking at the rest of their division, there's some pretty good teams in that division. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, well, the, the Devils the Devils are flying out the gate. Uh, Carolina's there. The Rangers are still. Oh, that's I, the other team I was going to mention because I fully expected them to be down near the bottom with the Hawks. The Philadelphia Flyers are uh, kind of good so far. Carter Hart how long is, is he's he's a contender now right now for the Hart and the Vezina probably. Ports, baby. He is the only player on that team. I, I want to make like for those who may be unfamiliar with this, I want everyone to understand the goaltender position in the Philadelphia Flyers organization is like the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. They haven't had one in like like Ron Hextall was the last legit good goalie they had, I'm pretty sure. Like they've been searching for a goalie forever. Uh so the fact that Carter Hart might have like he had a couple rough years. He had one good season when he was younger, and then he had a couple rough seasons, and now it seems like he's back to his old form and they're playing well enough in front of him to be in like third or fourth place in that division. But again, that's where, that's where my concern was with Columbus is like, they just might get destroyed by their division every night and then end up down near the bottom. So um, go ahead, Mel. Also that same could be said for the Hawks and Jonathan Taves, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. Um, the, I, I think that's um, like, obviously the whole point of the season is to try and get into the, uh, into the draft lottery to get one of those top three spots. And if, if I had to handicap it right now, I would be uh, very heavily leaning against their odds being good. And, and they're going to be in need of a fortunate bounce. I think that's, that's the realization I'm slowly kind of coming to is like, I don't know if they're going to be bad enough. And uh, Shay, Betsy, do either one of you have similar thoughts? Yeah, I I think they're gonna they're gonna be bad enough. I think for sure bad enough. Um, I just I, I like I'm like when I say bad enough, I'm thinking like I, I think they're gonna be like if out of the 32 teams in the league. Like I'm worried they're gonna be like 26, 27, and not in the 30s. Like that's that's my concern right now. That's why I feel like they're gonna end up unless something drastic happens. Unless. Kyle Davidson, Nancy Kerrigan's uh, Patrick Kane in a parking lot. Well, the trade deadline is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I like, like obviously you to, they. You have to think about like they have to get rid of a bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. They have to flip Domi. They have to flip dude's name. I'm never going to be able to pronounce Andres. Grease Lightning. Um, <laughs> they have to flip. Like I would think that they're probably going to flip Lafferty if they can, because he's got like a year, another year left on his deal so he'll be worth more like like that's part of what Hagel was worth more we worth more yeah. to teams like Tampa and stuff like that Dickinson like you're not ne- he's never gonna have a better season than yeah, this if it that's true but I guess like the concern is like they're gonna make all these trades that's I think March 2nd is the deadline that's gonna be like six or 60 or 70 games into the season like how much further can you fall I mean through the trade deadline didn't didn't they like lose a fuck ton after the trade deadline last year yeah, but I think the trade didn't deadline they, was, didn't they drop like four or five? Um, yeah, so the trade deadline is March second. They have a game that night. It's game sixty-one, so they would have a quarter of the season still to go. Um, I don't remember exactly when the trade deadline was. I know they traded Hagel. the The flurry trade happened. It was like the second week of March. So yeah, I guess it was around the same time, and they lost. Like it, they lost three in a row, March 15, 19, and 20. And then after that, they lost, oh boy, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, they lost, uh, let's call it 12 of 14. All right. So maybe yeah. they, I guess there's, <laughs> I guess there's more games left than I would have initially thought. Um, so, so maybe there is still time for them to plummet uh, out of the picture. But I guess that's just my, uh, 
if it's they, a legitimate worry because yeah. I think I think I've said this before, but I feel like not getting a high draft pick is a waste of trading Alex DeBrinket. Yeah, like that was the, that was the biggest gamble for trading him was mm-hmm. to pick up one pick up some some a first a high first this year, but not they didn't pick up that high of a first. I mean, a seven is good, but it's not great, especially in last year's draft. Um, it's not as good as it could be. It's not as good as a top three pick. Yeah. Um, and then to make Massive. the team as bad as they could. And if they're not going to be bad, then they have wasted that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's, that is a fair conclusion to make. And uh, I don't want to get too far into those weeds because we're only right. 12 games into the season right now. So I don't want to, but I, I do have my, my initial gut feeling about this team is that they are not, uh, they may just not quite be that bad, uh, especially with seeing how, how poorly some other teams have started specifically Vancouver, San Jose and Columbus. Uh, so we'll see, maybe Johnny hockey will figure it out in, uh, out in Ohio. Um, but I think that's, uh, that's about all I want to talk about for, uh, the, the Hawks and the league wide stuff. Any, anybody else have any other thoughts before we, uh, talk about some food things? Mm. I'm gonna take that as a no. Sorry, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless I'm, I thought I heard somebody mumble something. Oh no, I'm just kind of like watching this cycle happen and wondering where it's gonna go. It's hard <laughs> to tell who the fuck's on the ice when you can't see the numbers from the poor oh, you quality. Don't, you don't have the glowing puck. There's you don't. <laughs> no, I wish I did. There's no ads just, on the boards to give you a seizure while you're watching the there's game. There's ads on the boards, but there's not much else. There's not, like a there's not the moving there. ads on the boards like they have now that are driving me insane. Oh, my God. Thank God, no. Yeah. They're nauseating. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we are, once again, the best food-themed hockey podcast on the internet. So to re to take that claim or to continue that tradition, I guess is what I'm trying to say here, uh, we have to talk about some food stuff. So – uh, I, I was out of things because I, I, I feel like I've exhausted my brain for a while on food takes. So, Shay, did you come up with something? Yes. All right. Yes. Lovely. So when people talk about Chicago pizza and having lived outside of Chicago now for uh, two years, um, it, it gets talked about somewhat frequently, especially when I say that I'm from the area. Uh, they oh. only ever, they, Do you they tell only everyone ever... you're from Chicago when you're actually from Naperville? I'm sorry. Maybe. Just... Maybe, because not everybody knows where Naperville, Illinois is. Um, and and the vast majority of Americans know where Chicago is. Uh, they only ever discuss deep dish. And while deep dish is good, it is not even the best style of pizza that Chicago offers. And you well, know what's and you know what's exceedingly rare outside of Chicago that should absolutely not be rare outside of the city of Chicago. What's that? Tavern style pizza. Well, I think that is. First off, I'm I'm worried. I, I feel like I've I like this is one of my like number one campaigns in whenever like people bring up pizza and they always like oh deep to Chicago like as you said Shay like I think like the the tavern stuff is even better. Yes. Thin crust tavern cut. Like I, I think that's I would take that over deep dish any day. I don't know why I can't have that thin rectangle. Like, okay, so the way they cut tavern style is one of the best things I think, <laughs> just in general. But like, I I want that thin rectangle of pizza that like comes from the crust, the edge. I want that, and I can't get it outside of Chicago. And I want it like every time I have pizza. You c- you can't get. They don't cut your pizzas in Texas. <laughs> no, everything's bigger in in Texas, including it's the always pizza triangle. Slices. It's always can... triangles here, and I don't want a triangle of pizza. I want the Texas little like be like we don't have tavern cut. We have Costco style. You want the little squares? Uh, yes, I want the portion sizes. See, okay, counterpoint. Those are like you're not getting enough. You can't get crust in that. <laughs> like there's not enough crust to go around. Um, I don't like – I'm one of those people that will turn – like I'll eat a little bit in the front and then I turn my pizza a little bit to the side and eat sideways. I know that's probably a little weird, but I like were you crust. Were you casting the stuffed crust pizza hut commercials from 2002? Like I feel like – No, but I hate, stu- I hate stuffed um, – Stuffed crust, crust pizza. So, yeah, yeah, I mean like the, I, they keep 
trying to put more meat into the the bread and I'm like, could you stop? Um, <laughs> but I also think deep dish is kind of gross. Um, I have not, I've had lots of deep dish and I have never really liked it very much. I think I it's too much. It depends. <laughs> yeah. It, it can be done very poorly. Like there are some very good places to get it in Chicago. Uh, I, uh, I, what's I would the add- most, most famous, like there, there's like one place there that's like Lou Malnati's. Yes. Or, I've been yeah, there. Okay. I've been there like five or six times in my life and I have still never. They're, they're like good. Like I, I think, I think there's better options out there. Uh, Pequod's is the place that I was told to go to when I lived up there. And I think that is an, uh, a, it's under the, like the radar outside of Chicago, but I think most people who live in the city know of Pequod's and it's very good. So I would, if you're ever back in the city, Betsy, seek out Pequod's, but, uh, getting back to the original point, like, I, I don't – can you I, – I just – this is what I'm curious with Shay. Can you request like how they cut your pizza? Like if you called up a place and ordered a pizza, you could tell them, can you cut it tavern style? They may ask what's tavern style, I, I guess, but – Yeah, that's that's the thing is that like – again, I feel like most pizza places outside of Chicago don't know what tavern style is. You definitely wouldn't be able to do that at like most places in the south because the – like our pizzas are at least to my they're gonna have bigger crusts on the outside and tavern style is like the toppings go almost to the edge and there's only a teeny tiny little bit of right right it's basically just enough to hold yeah hope it doesn't spill over yeah see i don't know if i've had enough pizza in the south to know what it's even like down there there's tavern style you just have to go to a tavern (laughs) okay it's it's not okay here's the thing the south is not uh, the 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 pizza destination that new york city or chicago or even detroit is that's true yeah Yeah. but i'm gonna go ahead and say like if uh when you come dave if you want good pizza in the south i can there's a place right off georgia tech that has it's like a it's that's like a little shoppy of Italy because it's got a gelato place over there too. Um, and then like they, the, there's like, a, they sell stuff. That's not, it's not food. That's <laughs> like cups and plates and stuff like that in that same little shop area. Oh, okay. Um, so I was like, well, so what do you do with it? If it's not food, like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's cute. Like people will be like, I'm going to go for pizza and then I'm going to shop and then I'm going to get gelato. I'll get gelato while I okay. shop. Okay. I, a, I lot of tech, a lot of tech students go there because it's like right down the street. Um, I'm, cl- I'm yeah, going to be so closer to Georgia State University than Georgia they're Tech. Literally within five miles. I mean, it'll be like 15 minutes of traffic, but they're not far. Okay. okay. Downtown uh, Atlanta is not big. Downtown to Midtown is where those two are. Okay. You, you, you go off, you go Peachtree and then 10th Street and then you're there. <laughs> That's it. One of the yeah. eight two streets. No, okay, but yeah, like I, I mean, I, when you think of food in the South, nobody, you're not thinking of pizza. You're no. thinking of like barbecue or uh, tacos, I guess, or like something that's deep fried. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, and I guess like if you're thinking like New Orleans, it's like Cajun food. So pizza's not really in the uh, yeah the classic f- the food Southern. Range. You're thinking of like barbecue. You're right, but like fried chicken and stuff like that. Grits. Of course, grits. I mean, come on. Obviously. Um, you get waffles, chicken and waffles here. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. fucking good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying, like, I, I don't have, uh, I, like, I, I'm in full agreement with Shay that, like, tavern, tavern, thin crust tavern style pizza is the way to go. But uh, I, I think it's, I, I, like, I think that's one thing I, I, and I know we've talked about this before, but, like, if you want that type of pizza, like, go up to the Midwest to where it's from. Like maybe it doesn't belong in the South because that's just not, it doesn't fit with the culture of the area and vice versa that the food that's in the South doesn't belong up here. Like I think there needs to be some sort of regional, like, like you should maintain some sort of uh, dominion over the food that is uh, native to your area. Like don't just the, this weird thing where all these, like they're, I, I don't know. I don't know, really know how I'm trying to say this without sounding like a total asshole is basically where I'm coming off as, but just 
like there's there should be like foods by region that you should have to go to that region to get them because if they travel outside of that region it's not going to be done as well and you're not going to get the full appreciation of how good it can be that's what i'm trying to say but words are hard <laughs> i agree to an extent but i agree with shay too that tavern pizza is better than deep dish deep dish of the three types of pizzas there's like traditional with like a thicker crust top mm-hmm. tavern then deep dish. But that's because I think deep dish is low-key low trash. <laughs> well, I think, uh, trash. Wow. It's I not, agree. it's not trash. It is not, it is not trash. It is, it is more, <laughs> it's more, okay. I think we've had this conversation before, but it's more, it's just more of what you like about pizza. It's more sauce, it's more cheese, it's more ingredients. It's more, it's just more. It's, it's a lot of cheese, though. Like that's the one thing. It, it is an excessive amount of cheese. I love cheese. I don't have you seen the? Uh, too, but oh boy, have you seen right? the TikTok trend of like people asking on Deep Dish where the cheese is? It's like I, it's I, just I, underneath the sauce, and there's more of it than there is in regular pizza. Shay, I mean? am. Where's the? Shay, I am not too old for Twitter. I am definitely too old for TikTok. I I'm sorry. I people can send me TikToks. I will look at them. Uh, I, I, I have younger people in my family who keep me up to date what's going on on TikTok, but I will not get on TikTok. I refuse. I am an old person. I don't belong there. Do you go on Instagram? Nope. Don't have one. Oh. Too ugly. Wouldn't I was going to say Instagram is very much a place that even like millennials hang out. And most stories I feel like are just repeated TikToks. So my story today was a picture I found on my phone from this wedding i don't remember taking of me taking a <laughs> shot with the bartenders uh like for the longest time facebook memes were just screenshots of tweets i'm like i saw this three days ago why why is this on my facebook yeah. uh, facebook was reddit <laughs> um i have a i have a pizza take to add to this go ahead Ooh, you should have pizza towards the end of your wedding reception because everybody drinks too much and there needs to be more food uh the yes. i was at a wedding that had at like like an hour before the wedding ended, uh, they brought like a massive heart-shaped pizza had had it delivered for the bride and groom, and obviously everyone came in ate some. And it, that was a top five wedding idea. Yeah, I mean, like you gotta, you know, you gotta be somewhat responsible. Yeah, and... You need you need some carbs right. to soak up all Fucking that booze. Daze just scored again. Sorry. I just I enjoy these random outbursts. By by the end of this season, we're going to all be streaming the same game and yelling about it because it's going to be more interesting than watching the actual Blackhawks. See, I think the reason that I mean I have Instagram and stuff, but like I don't have TikTok. I'm more interested on now on YouTube. You can put really long videos because back in the day it was like ten minutes or whatever it was cap. Yeah, and so I'm watching these old games. Like I mean, this isn't even nostalgic for me. I was like four. Like Betsy said, like I don't remember this. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, the ten hours of white noise videos that are on YouTube come in very handy when you're sleeping in a foreign place and need something to help you fall asleep. Oh, you don't just sleep to Pat Foley calls like I do. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I have nothing to add to that. I know. I was like, "That's I'm blank." <laughs> that's a that's a just an oddly specific thing. Like I, I don't. Uh, there, there's too there's too much going on there. I would not be able to. It's just, or or better yet, it's just a loop of Doc Emmert yelling Kane with host of fist pumping. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's a good game. All right, but uh, but to uh, to put a cap on the entire pizza discussion, though, there is no such thing as bad pizza. I just just want that on the record. There's 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 definitely better pizza uh, than yeah. other forms of pizza, but at the very minimum, pizza is at, 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 at the worst pizza is still a pretty good pizza. Uh, pizza with fish on it is not good. <laughs> that's not pizza. That's trash. That's a, that's a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> whoever whoever's doing that should be in the gulag. So. <laughs> I mean anchovies oh, are like something people like on their pizza and I'm just yeah like, no I'm all right yeah well no, thank you all right well I think that's gonna do it for this edition <laughs> of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network thank you very much for listening to this episode thanks for the panel for all hanging out this evening 
Uh, Shepard is on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness. Mill is at Mill182. I'm at DMO57. The main account is at 2ND City Hockey. Betsy is not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where you can find the rest of us and all the things that we write and well, not talk about all the things that we write because that's what that's for. And then uh, all of our previews, recaps, articles. We have some prospect updates coming this week because the Hawks don't play again until Thursday. Um, and we're going to have a bunch more stuff coming up throughout the course of the season. Uh, just as a quick follow-up, uh, I think I said last week that we were soliciting people to uh, request or applications to join the staff. Uh, we're going to start pinning or going through those uh, tonight and tomorrow. So if you were still interested in that, there's still time to get in on the consideration. Uh, the email is secondcityhockey at gmail.com, all one word. And uh, we'll uh, take uh, all those into consideration. And thank you to everyone who's reached out already. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you then. Don't be